Welcome to another episode of A Braver Brand, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kate K. McCarthy, and this week we are closing out our four-part mission series with a conversation with my friend, Casey O'Rourke. Casey is a parent educator, she's a coach, she's a facilitator, and a fellow podcaster, and in today's episode, we talk all about her story um, and how becoming a parent of two really ignited her journey into personal development and what that has meant for her work, for her business, and for her family. I'm so excited for this conversation, mostly because Casey is just amazing. She talks about the experience of being in relationship with one another, whether it's in partnership or in parenthood or with um, our communities as online creative business owners in a way that both really, really honors our humanity and um, the places that we struggle in also provides the tools um, for us to be stronger, fuller, more integrated, aligned, mindful versions of ourselves. So really excited to share this conversation with you. Casey was able to stop by for just a little while, um, but it's such an amazing conversation. So without further ado, here is Casey. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm (laughs) so glad that we have finally found a time. I think it's been months since we've been trying to track down a time where both of us are available to record and talk and any chance I get to talk to you is a gift. I feel like somehow you were a sister in another life and we became fast friends, what, a couple years ago. Um, I know. We totally fell in love with each other in like an hour. Yeah, it was real quick. Um, (laughs) And so the audience has heard a little bit about you in the intro, but it is so much better when it comes straight from you. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and a little bit about how you got into this work in the first place? Yeah, totally. So I'm Casey. Hi, everyone. Um, I am a mom and a wife and a parent educator and coach and facilitator. And um, I live in the Pacific Northwest. I am a former school teacher who had babies out in rural Washington and really didn't see how I could continue to teach and find care for my kids. So I, and fortunately, my husband and I were able to make the decision for me to be home with them in those early years. And I've always been really interested in relationships. That was definitely something that was what I was really good at in the classroom was relationships with my students. Um, I've been someone, I've always had a really tight group of friends. I have a really tight high school group. I have a really tight college group. I have a really tight post-college group. I am fascinated by relationship and humans and um, studied sociology in college And so when I embarked on my own parenting journey thinking, oh, you know, this will probably be pretty easy for me because (laughs) I'm a school teacher and I have all this background, I quickly found out, um, oh, this is not so easy and I have some conditioning that I thought I took care of that still exists. And so I, it was really natural for me to start to work with parents 
Plus, when I only had one child, mm-hmm. I thought I was doing pretty well. And so I thought I'd be like the perfect candidate. And then I brought in the second child. And that the way that that changed the dynamics um, really launched me into my own personal growth. And that's when I found Positive Discipline, mm-hmm. which is the program that I teach. It's my foundation. Um, and I, yeah, and so I started teaching Positive Discipline. My first class was in my home. I've taught at my local YMCA, um, as well as <clears throat> different, a variety of schools and, and different venues. And, uh, in about, I don't know, four years ago, I went through a life coach training. I now, um, am a coach for a coaching and facilitation program that has nothing to do with parenting, but everything mm-hmm. to do with humans. So yeah, I'm just, and, and really I'd say six or seven years ago, as my kids continue to get older and I realized, yes, these positive discipline tools are really useful when I use them. <laughs> and really the biggest piece of my parenting journey has been my own personal growth and development. So that's when I got deep into Brené Brown's work as well as some others and really started to explore my own soul care and my own experience of fear and rejection and, um, and how it was getting in the way of my relationships with not only my kids, but my husband as well. So yeah. So here we are. Now I have two teenagers. I cannot uh, daughter, even believe that. Yeah. It's pretty friggin' crazy. My daughter will be 16 on the 19th of January and my son just turned 13 at the end of October. So I am in it and the yeah. personal growth and development never ends. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think um, one of the things that I find so beautiful about your work, first of all, Casey has her own podcast. I will make sure to link to all of that in the show notes. But one of the things that I think is so beautiful about your work is that um, because it is so relationship-based, it's it feels like from the outside, and maybe I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like it is so much less about fixing something with parenting and so much more about um, the personal growth aspect of the parents and how that trickles down through mm-hmm. the tools of um, positive discipline to the parenting relationship as well. Is Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, it's happened before where I'll have people come through my classes and um, they're like, oh, you know, I really like it I, I and I see the value, mm-hmm. but I get so mad or my emotions show up and I just don't use the tools. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think there's this idea that, well, it's not for me because I can't access it in the moment when I need it. And that's when I really started to kind of expand what I was talking about um, into like, okay, so what is self, cause we talk a lot about teaching self-regulation to kids right? and really the most important place is self-regulation in parents and to recognize that yes, it can feel like we're going from zero to 60 in a heartbeat, but there is that moment, there is a choice point. And, um, one of part of my journey has been in the use of meditation and journaling and mindfulness and how, you know, the more that I'm practicing and developing 
um, the ability to be mindful when it's when the risk is low, mm-hmm. the more likely it is that I can access it in the heat of a moment. And sometimes I don't, but there's also there's also a gift there, right? right? Because one, at least I know that I completely screwed up. And two, I get to model what it looks like to take responsibility for my actions and make it right, make amends with my kids. Um, and so I try to really support parents in that it's not a switch, right? It's a practice and it's a lifelong practice. And sometimes we get it you know, it's and it's messy. Like that's we we aren't robots. No. Right? It's mm-hmm. messy. Human relationship is really messy. So I yeah. love that. And I think mm-hmm. um one of the things that I think is so fascinating too is that I think we do opt out of things that like if they're not gonna fix us now, if they're not gonna flip a switch, mm-hmm. they must not have value. But if I've learned anything and I, you know, I have still so much to learn. <laughs> but like <laughs> you and me both, girl. <laughs> Um, that those daily practices and those practices in those smaller moments are really what make the shift for mm-hmm. yourself in your own life. And let me know if this is too vulnerable. And if it is, you know, uh, just how have you seen, like, what has been the most challenging part of the tool, using the tools for yourself, particularly mm-hmm. around self-regulation? I think that's a really fascinating mm-hmm. thing. We teach it to our kids and never learn it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, And like, how have you seen that, like, are there tangibles of where you've seen that benefit your work, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your friends? That's a big question. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, so I, what comes up immediately when I hear that question is, uh, so my history is that when I was 14 or 15, um, I moved from, I had lived with my mom. My parents got divorced when I was really young mm-hmm. and um, both remarried and it was, you know, the 80s. So every other weekend we spent with my dad plus a couple weeks in the summer and they lived relatively close to each other. Um, and when I was in high school, I some things were going on at my house with my mom and I decided I wanted to live with my dad. And that was really hard to um, – go through, like getting to the other side of that. Like it was this huge sigh of relief once I got to my dad's, but it was really difficult to tell my mom that I wanted to leave. And then her response was very challenging. And anyway, fast forward to, uh, a year ago, I have a 14 year old daughter Mm. and, um, and she's going through some big stuff and she, you know, tells me, I don't, I don't want to live here anymore. I don't, you know, and, and and she doesn't have a dad. I mean, she has a dad who lives in the house, right? but she doesn't have this other household. Um, and it was really interesting to me, the, the, the physical response that I had when she, and we weren't screaming at each other. It was, you know, she was visibly upset and it was like a pretty intense moment, but all of a sudden I had this flood of, um, fear, like deep fear, like not normal fear, really like I couldn't release my belly for days. And, um, and I, because of this conversation, I ended up having a conversation with my mom, um, and telling and, and saying to her, you know, I never really considered or understood what it was like for you when I said that I wanted to live with dad. Mm -hmm. And we ended up having a conversation that was unbelievably healing. And, um, and we had been in great relationship, my mom and I, for the last 
you know, 15 or 20 years. However, there was that period of time that we just didn't talk about. And I had forgiven and I had, you know, let it go that we ever needed to hash it out. But here's this relationship that I have with my own daughter that is an opening for me to heal something so deep with my mom. And then to also recognize like in that moment when she said, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this family. Like she was really having some belonging issues. I was able to, even as my, my, my experience of it was so intense, I was able to recognize that what she needed in that moment was just for me to witness her and to Mm -hmm. be there with her. And there wasn't anything that I needed to say or do. And really, I had no idea what to say or do. So that was a win. Yes. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but we were able to like she was able to be seen and heard, you know, the conversation carried on the next day. You know, it, it, it was one of those things that could have very easily been. I could have responded from my deep pain mm. and created even more pain for my daughter. It could have gotten, I mean, it, it got ugly enough, but it, it could have become something a lot more painful for both of us had I sprung from that place of deep fear. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But instead it was this really, you know, and it was the first of many, many, many emotionally charged, painful conversations that I had with my daughter through her freshman year of high school. It was really mm. a challenging year for for her and, and to parent her through it was really deeply challenging. But like I said, it was also, and I told her, you know, like I talked, I went on a long walk the next day. I said, I talked to grandma and I just want to tell you that, you know, our conversation last night was an opening for me to have some pretty important conversations with grandma. So thank you. Mm you know, and connecting the dots between my relationship with her and my relationship with my mom. And, um, yeah. So self-regulation is no joke. Damn. How did you, I mean, I think that this is like you said, like it's, it's a long-term practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that the first step that you were talking about is like the recognition that something's happening. Yeah. Like what are for you, those feelings when you know that your nervous system has been triggered and you could just react. Um, And in your teaching, I assume that you've heard other ways that people feel that immediate trigger. Yeah. Well, and I'm actually right. I've written a book that is coming out in March that's all about this. Stop um, it. That's amazing. I know. Isn't it (laughs) exciting? Um, So, you know, For me, it's so there's like there's the automatic habitual living that we do, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's the aware, awake, mindful opportunity that we always have, the present moment living, right? And the majority of our time is spent kind of and and I'm I'm thinking like the the automatic is kind of a higher I don't know, vibration, a high surface level living, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And and I think that, first of all, the first important thing is to be aware that that exists, that that's a thing, mm-hmm. right? And that our gut response, our react, reacting to life is, um, is really what we spend most of our time doing. Mm-hmm. And it is not useful in the parenting journey, whether your kids are two or 22. It's just not useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... For me, what became really important, like I mentioned, was a meditation practice. And um, 
because for me, what meditation is, is, uh, is that, you know, like, uh, like going to the gym, right? Where you go and you flex your muscles and you get stronger so that you can be stronger out in the world. Meditation is to me flexing that mindfulness muscle. Mm -hmm. So I sit and maybe I'm listening to a guided meditation or maybe I'm listening to music or maybe I'm listening, you know, I'm just, it's just a silent seven minutes, 10 minutes. And I get the practices like to listen to my breathing, to be in my body and to notice when I start to drift into my head and then to come back. And it's that constant like noticing, coming back, noticing, coming back that has supported me in like noticing that I'm being a freaky ass mom <laughs> and I need to like feel my feet on the floor and like mm-hmm. relax or noticing, oh my gosh, I'm so triggered by this. There must be something deeper going on for me coming mm-hmm. back, right? And so um, that's the, you know, and 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 when I talk to parents, it's like, you know, the heat of the moment is like the soup and, and I'm not a football fan at all. <laughs> But for whatever reason, I always go to this metaphor, like the teams that make it to the Super Bowl practice a lot for the big game. Yeah, They practice a lot with each other uh, in the off season so that when it when the big game happens, they're they're able to um, to access and to source what they need to win. Mm hmm. Same is true with our, you know, in parenting. Like if we're only practicing our tools when everybody's freaking out, we're not going to have access. We have to practice. And so I talk a lot with parents about different ways of doing that, you know, whether it's setting alarms on their phone to just say that, you know, feel your feet or practice love or be present so that wherever they are in the world, they could be in the grocery store, they could be driving, they might not even be with their kids, but just for a few moments, they take time to disengage from that surface habitual living and come into their bodies and come into what's truly alive for them in the moment. So, you know, but there has to be a practice. I mean, self-regulation has to be practiced when we need it when we don't need it right. so that when we do need it, like that neuro pathway is established. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we're feeling really frustrated and like, yeah, this isn't for me. I can't access it. And I love that the, these themes around parenting, which is I think where the rubber meets the road, the hardest mm-hmm. from what I've heard, I have not experienced it quite yet. <laughs> um, but I'm learning you. from amazing human beings like you. Um, but I think that those same tools uh, can be used perhaps less in a less charged way, although maybe not in our partnerships, in oh, yeah. our work, in our communities. Um, and I love that idea of like building the muscle. Cause I always think, and you know, I work a lot. I love the name of Casey's website is Joyful Courage. All of her work is mm-hmm. Joyful Courage. And I work a lot like in the realm of like brave action in business, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I think that courage and bravery also is a muscle. Like you don't just decide to lift a huge boulder or whatever. Like you start small and smaller steps of courage and smaller steps of bravery. And I love that concept of um, 
self-regulation tools, and then all of the other tools that allow us to stretch a little bit farther, know ourselves a little bit deeper, that you practice those when you're not in highly charged environments, when you're not like about to do something that scares the pants off of you, but it's just like a little bit scary or just like is a little, a newer tool that you've never used before. Um, and I think that it's, it's beautiful to hear about how, especially in that interaction with your daughter and then with your mom, that like, Mm -hmm. it's not that it makes the situation easier necessarily, Mm -hmm. but there is healing and Mm -hmm. like wholeness and the brokenness that could occur through reactivity and not having those self-resourcing muscles built up. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so cool to hear how tangibly that plays out in like multi-generation. Yeah. So well, cool. and I think something that has also been really useful to me is uh, really believing in purpose mm. and, um, you know, whether it's my kids going through something that's really challenging or me going through something that's really challenging, uh, like just trusting you know, and, and I, I know everybody kind of rolls their eyes when, when it's like, you know, everything happens for a reason, but Hey, everyone, everything happens for a freaking reason. Okay. So, and sometimes that feels dismissive. Um, but time helps us with that. And I, I just think if I can remember that this is, you know, what, there's a lesson here. Um, there's an opportunity to practice something here. There's an opportunity to learn something inside of this. You know, if there's a purpose, then it feels less, you know, it's easier for me to stay out of poor me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think too, it also opens up the cosmic energy around, you know, forward moving and abundance when we stay connected with, okay, what's the purpose here? What am I learning? What do I get to grow through this? Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that it's bigger than even human relationship. And, and the other thing that I, I also work with a Reiki Mm -hmm. gal and she has been instrumental in, um, supporting me, as well in my parenting. My daughter actually goes to her as well. And one of the things that she said when things got really challenging last year was, you know, you and your daughter, you have a soul agreement. Like the first of all, the fear that I was experiencing when Rowan was saying, you know, I, I don't want to be a part of this family. She, my, my girlfriend, um, Jessica, the Reiki gal said, you know, the fear in your body is ancient. It's from lifetimes ago from Mm -hmm. losing a child. And, and Rowan, you and Rowan have agreed that she's going to be the soul that supports you in finally releasing this fear. Mm -hmm. And that for me, and and it's not for everyone, you know, everybody has their own spiritual beliefs, but for me, uh, bringing it back to purpose, it was like, yes, okay. That's actually really helpful. Um, And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so beautiful. I know that you're on a timeline and I'm so grateful for every little bit, every little moment. Um, but there are two questions that I always ask, um, my guests and usually I tell them beforehand, but, um, I think you can probably roll with the punches. Um, the first question is who or what makes you feel your bravest? 
Hmm, who or what makes me feel my bravest? God, well, you know who comes right to mind is my 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 life partner, my husband. Mm. Um, he has never wavered in his support for me and my dreams. And even when I'm questioning um, and ready for him to be like, yeah, you know, maybe you should try something different. He has never once, he's never once said that. It's yeah. always been like, you know, this is, I believe in you and you have these dreams and I, I think that you can make them happen. And, um, yeah, I would say he definitely, and it's always been like that. So, yeah. hmm. um, yeah, so I would say my husband. I love it. Yay. The other question I have is one that you probably were expecting. How can our people um, find you, follow you? What do you have coming up that um, we should be tuned in for? Yay. Well, you mentioned my website, joyfulcourage.com. People are welcome to go there. I do one-on-one coaching as well as live and online parent classes. Uh, you can also find my podcast there, Joyful Courage Podcast, as well as iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the places where you can download and listen to podcasts. And mm-hmm. I interview, I do interviews every other week and solo shows in between all around parenting. And my really exciting big project that I'm working on right now is a Parenting Teens with Positive Discipline Audio Summit. So, um, you can find out more about that on my website. So it's joyfulcourage.com slash teen summit, all one word. And that will be at the end of January. It'll be like a like an audio conference. Each day, uh, two or three interviews will be released. All the people that I'm interviewing are positive discipline trainers or lead trainers who have had or are currently raising teenagers and are very, very um, vulnerable and raw in their sharing. So I think that there is a gap in the um, resources for parents of teenagers where it's either do this and everything will be perfect and fine or, you know, everybody should go to rehab. But there's a space in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) And that is my goal is to really highlight the messy middle Mm -hmm. with that. So um, your listeners can find out more on my website. Awesome. All of that will be linked in the show notes. Thanks again for gracing us with your presence and for all of your wisdom. And Mm -hmm. uh, you are just wonderful. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that we were able to make this happen. I'm thrilled to be a part of your show. So thanks for all you do and all you bring to the world. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to A Braver Brand. To find more resources, show notes, and exclusives, head to www.katekmccarthy.com. If you loved this episode, make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're at it, leave a rating and review. Our work relies on listeners like you, and we're grateful each and every time you spread the word. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to us since day one, you know that I am all about Instagram. Come find me at Kate K. McCarthy and then reach out and say hi. I adore you already. Thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. A Braver Brand is produced by me and my slam bang behind the scenes team. Catch you next time.